0: but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: All right, well, my name is Michael Alden. Uh, We are here in Blue Bay Studios. And I always say this, I start all my shows like this and tell you how excited I am uh, for my next guest. And, you know, I'm excited for my next guest for a whole host of reasons. You know, you've probably maybe seen me on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, talking about the world of cryptocurrency talking about Bitcoin, maybe seeing some of the things that I'm doing. And it's such a uh, new world for me. Uh, it's an exciting world for me. And it's just an exciting world for this planet, for everybody on this planet. And there's so much information out there. There are so many uh, individuals out there that are trying to kind of kind of get ahead of it and, and, you know, provide information. And I'm really excited for my next guest. His name is Richard Jacobs. He's the author of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain, Surprising Insights from 200-plus Podcasts. Interviews of industry leaders. Uh, he's also uh, the the founder of a, of a, really one of the biggest uh technology expos out there within the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency it's called the future tech expo he's here today he's going to talk a little little bit about his book i'm going to ask him a lot of different questions about you know what are some of the things that are going on within this world of cryptocurrency so if you're interested in the world of cryptocurrency if you've maybe heard the term bitcoin but you don't know really know what it is you're not going to want to miss this program richard thanks so much for being my guest yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. So uh, again, thanks, thanks so much for for coming on. Do you go by Rich, Richard? Because uh, when people ask me that, I say I don't like being called Michael. I feel like I'm in trouble.
2: You know? Exactly. Yeah, that's why I prefer Rich.
1: All right, cool. We're gonna go. We'll go with Rich. Rich. So let's just get right into it. I, I want you know. So for, there are a, a lot of my uh, viewers and and uh, you know listeners uh, come from the world of entrepreneurship and business, and you know a lot of people are interested in and in growing and wealth and all these stuff, you know, all these things uh, within yeah. that world. Um, and they're hearing a lot about this term Bitcoin and blockchain, all this other stuff. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna hope hopefully, hopefully you don't mind, but um, I love your book for a couple reasons why, because of the simplicity of it. So I want to kind of bring it down to that level for a second. Let's talk about some of the basics. And the first question I have for you um, is what is Bitcoin?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. um, Probably like a lot of people, I had heard about Bitcoin in 2013, and a friend tried to explain it, and I was like, what are you talking about, you know? And he showed me some articles on it, and I just was like, I don't even know. I forget about it. And I just let it go for years, you know? And then, in 2016, I started hearing about it, and I remembered, oh yeah, I remember this a few years ago, and I started looking into it and getting into it and going to meetups and interviewing people, et etc. And just you know to start with, it takes a while to really understand what Bitcoin is, so don't feel bad, don't feel stupid, it's very complex, but to put it simply, it's just it's digital money. you know you have uh, let's say, a debit card in your wallet, and you go to pay for something well you're not you're not handing cash. Nowadays, typically to someone, you're, you're giving them this card and they're debiting your account, but it's all electrons. Money is not material anymore for the most part. Bitcoin's the same thing. It's just digital money. Yes, it has some interesting characteristics that make it different from traditional money, but if you want to just really boil it down, that's what it is, just to put it really simply. And if you want me to go into some of the characteristics that make it really unique, I can do that.
1: Yeah, I think we'll probably get to that at some point. So, so all right, I, I, I get that. For me, that makes a lot of sense. I'm kind of like you. We have almost a very, very similar story as far as when we started getting involved in it. Um. So, so let me ask you this. So, and in its most basic terms bitcoin is essentially digital money i feel like most people can understand that and so like my kind of follow up question to that is is why do we need it why do we need bitcoin and we're going to get into what cryptocurrency is in a little while as well which is bitcoin right. i think we know is the is the first one but why do we need bitcoin
2: well because we have problems with our monetary system you know in the us it seems like everything's okay for now you know yes we have inflation but it's not runaway inflation you know my um one of my family members originally was born in Zimbabwe. And there, over the past 15 years, I mean, the Zimbabwe dollar has inflated unbelievably. At one point, they were, tri- they were printing 100 trillion Zimbabwe dollar notes, and they were worth nothing. So there's, there's been these cases of hyperinflation that have happened throughout the years in different countries. And it happened in Zimbabwe, and their currency collapsed. Their economy is a mess. Um, with Bitcoin, I'll just give you one of the examples. Uh, the total supply of Bitcoin that will ever be created will be 21 million Bitcoin. So that limits the money supply. There's no central government that controls it. They can't just print as much as they want. They can't just say, "There's oh, you know, we need to pay some debts so we'll we'll manufacture like a trillion more out of thin air." That can't be done with Bitcoin. So that's great. It's, it's a limited value, a limited amount, and that makes it more precious, first of all. Um, second of all, there's a lot of barriers to people using their own money. You know, if you, you're not allowed to deposit money into other people's bank accounts because you're assumed to be a terrorist. You can't do that anymore through a lot of the major banks like Chase and Bank of America and all that, which is crazy. I can't deposit money in someone's account, my son or daughter's account or my brother's account, and I'm a terrorist. I mean, seriously, you know, if I want to send money to somebody, the bank may say, no, you know, it may take five or six days to do it through a bill pay. The bank charges me a fee. You know, if I have my money and I want to pull it out of the bank, they may freeze the account. Uh, they may take the money, you know, like Wells Fargo, they may manufacture BS accounts. They may block me from using my own money. So it's crazy. I mean, our money is earned by us. It's taxed, but we still don't even have control of it for the most part. A lot of people may not feel this but in other countries, Venezuela, India, um, you know, Zimbabwe, et cetera, they've had a lot of problems with money. Cyprus, you know, the, the Greek debt crisis. So, I mean, to a lot of people around the world, this is a super serious subject. And Bitcoin promises to take the shackles off how we use money.
1: So Bitcoin uh, is a way for us as individuals to to uh, take control of, of our hard-earned money. Is that, is that, I mean, does that make, does that kind of sum it up?
2: Yeah, that's that's like a brief summation of it. There's there's characteristics about it that let us do that. You know, again, one of them is the limited supply. Another is that it's, it's what's called cryptographically secure. So um, you store your money essentially. Uh, again, it's not physically stored, but you store it at an address you control. Uh, the address has two facets to it, a public key that people can use to send money to that address that you control and a private key that is used to spend the money out of this address that, let's say, you control. Um, you can manage your private keys such that no bank can ever take them from you, no government can ever take them from you. You can have your wealth in Bitcoin and it can be portable. Uh, let's say you memorize this address or you have it written down somewhere. You can travel the world and you have this money with you that's spendable and has a value and it's under your control. It can never be taken or stolen unless it's, you know, a, a hacker gets into it somehow. You know, and fools you into giving it over to them. But ideally, it's something that you can control and keep with you, and that's like a very powerful concept.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a, as a, you know, as you're talking about it, uh, you know, it, it is exciting. Um, like I said, we you know, I, I've been involved in the world a little bit myself as well, and I'm learning every day as we go go by, and that's why I'm so excited to have you ha- have you on. Uh, so so now let's you know, you were kind of alluding to it, this 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 word of decentralization. Uh, tell us about what decentralization is and then move into, you know, h- how the blockchain is also tied into that. And, and also, what is uh, blockchain?
2: Yeah, so just like people, um, you know, are made of cells, so are dogs and cats, et cetera. And, and there's DNA. There's instructions that code these cells, right? So blockchain is, creates all these, these creatures. It's created Bitcoin. It's created Ethereum. It's created, you know, thousands of different coins. That's, that's one way to think about it. It's this technology that lets you create all these different, different abilities, you know, some fly, some walk, some crawl, et cetera. It's, it, that's probably the best analogy I can give you, okay? Um, here's what decentralized means. So how do you know what money is worth? Um, you have to keep a ledger. Who, who, who has what and how much of it? Who has, uh, you know, how many dollars and how much of them? Do so you need a ledger, a listing of everyone that has the money everyone that owes money to other people, et cetera. And everyone has to agree to what's what's on that ledger, all right? The problem is right now with our money system, let's say in the U.S., is we have thousands of different ledgers that are kept by private companies, uh, some by the government, etc. This information is not shared between the ledgers. So if I have, uh, you know, 500 bucks in a Chase Bank account, how do I know that? Well, I only have that because the bank bank's ledger says I do. And everyone kind of agrees that, yeah, I have 500 bucks, In my bank account, at least for the moment, unless it's taken, and I'm able to, uh, if I go to a merchant and spend it and buy a cup of coffee, the merchant knows, okay, well, I can trust that, you know, the bank's ledger is probably not screwed up and, you know, that this money is actually there, et cetera, right? Bitcoin, its ledger is public. There's a public listing of every transaction that has ever happened in Bitcoin, every address that holds any money. Not only is there this public ledger, but there's thousands of copies of it on computers all over the world. So if you try to change the ledger, you can't. You'd have to attack thousands and thousands of computers around the world. And in order to update this ledger, you have to do a tremendous amount of mathematical computation to be able to update it. So the amount of computation and effort it takes to update this ledger and monkey with it and change it is so high, it's, it's impossible to do by any one person. You would need vast amounts of resources to do it. So this ledger, is, it can be trusted. It's, it's an immutable, meaning unchangeable ledger. And it's distributed, decentralized over thousands of computers. So that's what is really cool, or some of the aspects of coolness about Bitcoin to me.
1: Yeah, I love it. In a second, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, a little bit more about this decentralized uh, aspect, uh, the immutable part of it, and and the verification side of it, and how that ties into the term that that you and I have heard, and some people have probably heard as well, which is mining and. And what mining is, and why that's important, in just a second, folks. If you've been listening or you watching right now, we have been on with Richard Jacobs. He's the author of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain. We mentioned two of the terms so far: Bitcoin and Blockchain. We're going to talk about Ethereum in a minute. His book is really—I love his book. I love the simplicity of it. There are a lot of uh, there's a lot of information out there about this world of cryptocurrency, and there's a lot of misinformation out there as well. What I really like about Richard's book is the is is the simplicity. He's taken a lot of very very complex. Uh, subjects and complex matters and, and really kind of brought it down to a level that really anybody can benefit from. So if you want some more information about Richard or, or his book, you could just go to Amazon. It's available on Amazon. It's available in Kindle. It's also available on Audible. And then the other thing, too, and, and for me and for those of you that are listening uh, and watching uh, our program, for me, I'm really doing my best to try and get as much information out as possible. He's also the the, the founder of the Future Tech uh, the Future Tech Expo. You can just go to the thefuturetechexpo.com it's coming up uh, in September of, of this year and where thousands and thousands of people all over the world are coming together plus some of the leading experts in the world are going to be at this expo. So if you if you want more information about Richard, again, you could just go to thefuturetechexpo.com. You can find his book, again, available on Amazon. But if you also want to get that that information, that update information, be around people that are in this world that we know and you've heard me talk about is, in fact, the future, then check out com, Get your ticket and sign up today because I know last time it sold out pretty quick. So, again, if you want some more information, uh, you know where to go. Um, Richard, okay, so we talked about... Um, this immutable aspect of it this distributed ledger uh aspect yeah. of it and 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 how it, how this, this this distribution is literally to thousands and thousands if not probably millions of nodes and or computers now uh that make it virtually impossible to hack or to mess with um tell us about uh mining uh and and how miners are involved in this verification part of it and also this kind of the security uh, aspect of it and why Mining is important for some cryptocurrencies and not others.
2: Yeah, this is probably the most difficult and strange concept uh, in crypto. So remember how I told you that it takes a tremendous amount of work to monkey with the ledger. It's pretty much impossible. So the system was designed this way. It was designed by a person named Satoshi Nakamoto. We don't know if it's a man, woman, group of people, etc. It's a mysterious founder that disappeared, which is pretty cool, actually. Uh, That created Bitcoin. So here's the concept. So, miners, what they do is they compete to solve this really complicated math puzzle, and they have to use a ton of computing power to do it. And the winner of this math puzzle gets the right to record a bunch of transactions, new transactions, onto the Bitcoin ledger, onto the Bitcoin blockchain. And they get a reward of right now 12 and a half Bitcoins that are created by the system. So, that's how the money supply slowly grows, and that's how miners are rewarded for. Taking their electricity and their time and their effort to uh, to win this puzzle and this this race happens every 10 minutes. So people do transactions in Bitcoin. Those transactions get uh, they get aggregated into what's called a block of transactions. You know, think about like a, like a plastic tub at the airport that you dump stuff into. But that's what happens. The transactions accumulate. They get put into what's called a block, and then miners compete by doing this math puzzle, and the winner again earns the right to record this new batch of transactions on the ledger. Um, the other thing they win is they win all the transaction fees that are associated with all the uh, the transactions that are in this block. So it's called mining blocks. Very strange way to put it, but that's what's happening. That's what this is all about. And this takes, I mean, nowadays, thousands of computers to do and, and tons of power. So, again, anyone that wants to undo this process, that wants to change the ledger, um, it's pretty much impossible to do it because you'd have to spend millions of dollars of electricity and computing power uh to try to undo the ledger and so it's become essentially impossible to do so.
1: Yeah, and so uh it's uh we actually have a, a you know, I started building out a mine here and, and I knew nothing about uh this huh. world. Uh and uh yeah, so I'm I'm running a mine and, and mining for Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and cool. Ethereum and Litecoin and CM and Arrow and uh it it's uh it's definitely uh you're right. I mean it's um it can't it still can be done if you wanted to do it at your home, right? If you uh you know, with some uh, GPUs uh and CPUs but you you if you really want to k- kind of compete so to speak and grow a business out of it um you're right you need to spend a, a lot of a lot of time uh money and resources uh in order in order to grow it out uh what's your what's your take on what's your take on it as far as the mining uh, aspect is concerned do you do you, ha- do you do you know people that are in the mining world that are i mean right now uh you know with the with the current price of bitcoin uh, mining is is uh, is difficult to actually make a little bit of money. So it's more about trying to break even or lose a little bit and and ho- and hold out for the long term. What do you are you do you have any any other any, anyone that you know that uh, you talk to or that you're close with that's that's in the mining world or?
2: Yeah, I've spoken to a few. I mean, the large the the biggest mining companies are really secretive, and I've heard that. Yeah, you know, I've met some people that have toured places like that, and you know it sounds Canada. exciting, but it's not. It's just like this huge typically a huge warehouse of computers on racks and. It's just there's gigantic fans blowing, and it's just you know people have to sit there and babysit the computers and make sure they don't go down, and you know they tend to sleep there, and it's just like a not a very glorious thing it's
1: not but it's crazy you know, I,
2: you know you can have a, a warehouse full of computers all to get this one little digital result you know it's, it, all this physical stuff needed to create this this uh you know money in a bitcoin wallet for instance or a monero wallet and it's, it's it's not physical it's nothing you know it's really odd
1: yeah i uh i've grown to i we just moved our facility from massachusetts to illinois and i and I went into to to our, our our Massachusetts facility, and it's 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 completely silent now. I used to kind of love going in there and hearing all these things humming along because they definitely make a lot of noise and they produce a lot produce a lot of heat. Um. So so you know the title of your book Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain. Before we get into Ethereum, uh, this other term that we talked about, I mentioned it obviously in the beginning. You, you, what is what is cryptocurrency? You had mentioned cryptography. Uh, what What is cryptocurrency? Is, is cryptocurrency and Bitcoin the same thing? Or, or give us a little explanation of that.
2: Yeah, people, you know, there's various names for all the different tokens out there. They'll call them tokens, crypto tokens, blockchain tokens. Some people call them cryptocurrencies, crypto, et cetera. Um, a cryptocurrency really is supposed to be a token that's used as a currency. Uh, Bitcoin being one of them, Litecoin being another, uh, Dogecoin. There's, there's a few of them. Uh, not a lot of them are used purely as a currency, but this has become like a, a buzzword. Like you're making a Xerox copy of something. It may not be a Xerox machine. You may be just doing a photocopy, but call called a Xerox. It's the right. same thing with crypto. It's fine to use the word cryptocurrency, but people need to realize there's a lot of different uses for blockchain. So I can give you a couple if you'd like. Yeah, um, one example is, uh, you know, you would talk about decentralized. So let, me, let me give people an idea of what that means. So there's a couple of tokens like... Coin Storage or StoreJ, uh, Filecoin, what they're, what they're trying to do is this. Uh, right now, if you want to store pictures and files and stuff, you can store it on Amazon Cloud, Google, uh, iCloud, etc. Your data is not encrypted. It's all pooled in one place. Hackers can get it, and they do. Um, and it's not even your own. These companies you know, reserve the right to make derivative copies of your work and use your stuff, your personal stuff, your pictures and files and everything, however they want to market to you and they monetize it and stuff. So there's a number of these crypto tokens that say, well, we don't want to do that. We want to put power back with the users. What we're going to do is we're going to take your files, we're going to break them up into 100 pieces. We're going to encrypt each piece, and then we're going to store them on thousands of computers around the world. Now, good luck getting them hacked. Good luck having someone take that data and use it for marketing. It's secure now. It's, it's cryptographically secure. Um it's broken up, it's decentralized into millions of pieces. It's much safer, and we're going to do it cheaper than what's currently out. That's the promise of a few companies that are working in this space. That's an example of what blockchain can do. And I'll give you um, one more for right now.
1: Sure. Can I interrupt you? So I'm listening to this and, and I think, and I, I feel like I kind of get it, right? But so, so, so you're gonna take, and and I think that's a great example, cause you're talking about, this is intimate to people, their personal information, their pictures. So what you're saying is, is that right now, so for instance, your data may be stored with like maybe, you know, on iCloud or um, Dropbox or something like that. And that's stored in one, Central location, right, mm-hmm. uh, or controlled by one central authority, so to speak, Apple or or um, you know or Dropbox. But with this, and what you're saying is with like a Sia coin or some of these other uh, some of these other companies out there that are doing what you're saying is, is that same information can then somehow be distributed across thousands and thousands, if not millions, of computers worldwide, uh, and then so that it, so then it's it cannot be accessed by one central location. I guess my question and I you know, I guess my question is is that some people might think that that almost will make it less secure, right? I mean because it's going off to all these other people. Can we is, can you elaborate on that or explain that a little bit? Well, it's
2: encrypted first of all. Hmm. Then it's broken up into pieces. Okay. So you may get a piece on someone's computer in Mongolia or whatever, but you only got a piece of it and it's encrypted. So you have to break the encryption, then you got to get all the pieces.
1: So okay. you got to
2: attack multiple, multiple, multiple computers. I mean, when it, when is that going to be worth it? 99.9% of the time, it's not. You know, imagine if I had a, if I wanted to steal your car, right? I just go and I steal the car. It may have a lock on it. But what if the ability to drive the car was not contained within that car? Let's say I could break into the car, fine. But in order to start the car, I needed to get a code that was broken up into 56 pieces all over the world in different computers. Am I going to steal your car? No, it's not worth it. So the the Sure, it could be broken. Anything can be broken into, but the hurdle to do so is so high, and it's it's distributed, and it's such a pain in the ass to do. To use my French, it's not going to happen. Maybe, like maybe the the highest value data ever, it'll happen to. Like, so I'll give you an example, right? So Satoshi Nakamoto in Bitcoin, the Bitcoin ledger has never been successfully hacked. People have individually, but not the ledger itself. Satoshi Nakamoto, there's supposedly addresses that are associated with him or her. And worth, like, they were worth, you know, hundreds of billions. Those haven't been broken into. Why? You know, because the, the difficulty to do so is so high that no one has been able to do it. And that's like the biggest honeypot I've ever heard of. You know, who's going to steal your pictures of your grandmother or your dog or whatever it is, or your personal stuff that may be worth a lot to you. But to other people, there's no way it's worth
1: it to do that. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, hold on for a second. I do. Uh, I want our viewers and listeners again who are uh, listening right now or watching, uh, folks. Again, if you if you'd like some more, info, we're on with with, with Richard Jacobs. Uh, he's got a podcast that I first started listening to called the Future Tech Podcast. He's also the author of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain: Surprising Insights from 200 Plus Podcast Interviews of Industry Leaders. If you'd like some more information about Richard, you can actually find his book on Amazon. It's it's all available on Kindle. It's available on Audible. Uh, but the other thing also I love what he's doing is he's getting out more information to the to the masses through his uh, expo that he founded called the Future Tech Expo. You just go to thefuturetechexpo.com. It's coming up September 14th through the 16th. Uh, I believe it's in Dallas. Uh, so, look, if you're interested in this world, which you need to be, uh, this truly is the future. We're talking about the future. We're living uh, at a point that I've been saying for a while in our lives, that is just truly remarkable. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be, literally, at the beginning of the beginning. But you know, it's 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 happening fast. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that's that's going on in this world. And if you if you don't get a hold of the information, you're going to get left behind. So again, if you want some more information about his book. You can find it on Amazon and for those of you who like to listen to it is available on Audible and also from the, the the digital format. And I will say this again, what I love about his book, there's some other um books that are out there. There's a lot of information out there, there's tons of information out there. I think that's we'll talk about it in a minute. I think that's one of the reasons also why you have Google and, and Facebook and some others that are that are that are banning the uh you know the crypto type ads. But this book is gonna give you the information um, that you need, uh, and it's, and it's broken down in a manner in which, uh, the, you know, the average everyday person can understand. So I really like that. So again, check them out on Amazon. Again, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and blockchain, surprising insights from 200 plus podcast interviews of industry leaders. Again, go to the future if you want some more information there as well. So, um, okay. So we, we, we talked about, uh, you know, obviously Bitcoin in the beginning, uh, cryptocurrency in general, a little bit, uh, I love that. I love that analogy of the car. By the way, I'm going to steal that from you, and, and I'm going to use. that. I'll, I'll give you credit in the future too. But um, no problem. W- what's Ethereum? So you, you so you have Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, in 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 your title. What's Ethereum?
2: Yeah. So Ethereum is another token that that wants to use what's called smart contract. So these are um, it's computer code executing instructions. It's a program essentially. But what's cool about it is this. So let's say I want to um, you know I want to rent a house. An Airbnb, right? Right now, um, what I do is I agree to meet with the owner. They hand me the keys, or maybe they have them in like a little lockbox or something, you know. Uh, with Ethereum, you can do what's called a smart contract. So I can have the door lock of my Airbnb connected to the internet. It can be connected to the Ethereum blockchain. And what I can do is I can create a smart contract, an agreement, uh, whereby, let's say, someone rents the property for 48 hours for two days. Um, what they do is the the smart contract says, "Okay, pay me uh, 300 bucks." Send your money to this smart contract. Uh, the person sends the money there. The smart contract communicates with the door lock and says unlock for the next 48 hours. Now the person can go in there, you know, rent it, etc. 48 hours are done. The instructions automatically say okay, lock the door again. The contract is over. Also verify, let's say the house is vacant with a sensor. So this can happen all without a person's intervention. You don't have to have you know the grizzled old landlord go out there and check the lockbox, make sure the keys are there, or any of that stuff. This can happen all with computer code. Um, so it's, it's done by what's called a smart contract, again, which is an agreement. And Ethereum allows programmers and people to create smart contracts that say, if you do this, I do that. If this happens, do this. If this happens, transfer this money, et cetera. It's a set of instructions that can happen all by computer code without people's intervention. So this opens up tons of things that you can do for the law you can have leases on a blockchain. You can have, I mean, all kinds of agreements and things that can happen on a blockchain. That's just one part of what smart, smart contracts are and what they can do. But this is like a whole new, I guess, species or a type of creature that that runs on a blockchain. And it has different uh, characteristics to a cryptocurrency, for
1: instance. Yeah, you know, so uh, I know a little bit about, you know, Ethereum. Uh, and uh, I, I like it for, for what you're talking about, the smart contracts again. I love how you break it down, if this happens then, you know, if this, then that, right? That's how it, kind of how I understood, uh, you know, smart contracts. Uh, as an attorney uh, myself, uh, you know, you start to think about, you know, you got, there are certain aspects, you'd mentioned the law, there are certain aspects of, quote, practicing law that I don't even really consider practicing law, like real estate lawyers <laughs> uh, who are just, just really just, you know, pushing paper back and forth. Um, this world of cryptocurrency is, is in is changing our world in a positive manner, but it's also disrupting uh, industries like real estate, right? Because if you have this smart contract in place using uh you know, like essentially tokenization of, of a of a cryptocurrency like Ethereum and using their blockchain, um, there's no need for the like you said, that the grizzly old landlord or this intermediary to to get involved, right? Mm-hmm right yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's
2: it's hard for me even to you have the idea that comes to you right a smart contract okay then you say what does it mean so it takes a while to really think about all the different ways they could be used there's a lot of different ways out there that people are innovating and figuring out it's this whole new thing that you can again use to create tons of tons of things again all kinds of contracts and agreements and if then then this and that so it's um I don't know if I've given enough example to it but it's just like a, the new very unusual and amazing type of application that blockchain has brought in.
1: Yeah, um so the other part about Ethereum, can you elaborate so I had mentioned uh you know the blockchain and um elaborate a little bit about some of these other tokens that are being created using the open source code uh blockchain of Ethereum. Tell us a little bit about that and 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 why that uh is important.
2: Yeah, all the uh, just about all the ICOs, the new tokens created are using they are called what's called a ERC-20 tokens. They're based off of the Ethereum blockchain. Um, just because of the way Ethereum is um, and its features, people have chosen to, again, use it as a backbone for their token. So there's been literally hundreds and hundreds of different tokens created based off of Ethereum. It's become really its own ecosystem, which is pretty cool. So I'll give you an example of a couple of use cases. So one is uh, medical data. You know, right now, let's say you're 50 years old and you have to go to the doctor, Um, your medical data, it may be with six or seven doctors all around the country um, over the past 30 or 40 years. And you're going to this new doctor and he says, hey, I need your medical records for the past, you know, 10, 20 years. Well, good luck finding them. You call up your old doctor's offices. and, And I've been through this, by the way, with, you know, with members of my family and myself. You know, this doctor closed down, this one moved. Oh, this one's going to fax over the data, but you got to pay money to get it. It's going to take a week. You know, it's it's a real pain. People don't even have control of their medical data. This is their data. Right. Imagine now if you had a blockchain that held all your medical data. It was encrypted, and you own it and control it. And you go to a new doctor. All you have to do now is say, "Hi, right, doctor. I'm going to give you permission to access uh, the medical data." Here you go. And I'll use a smart contract to have that data sent to you with temporary access so you can view it. So not only do I control my medical data, it's all in one place. It's with me and it's distributed, it's encrypted, you know, it can't be hacked. Um, I can selectively share it with who I want and when I want. And I actually get better medical treatment because you'll see my whole history and it's all in one place. It's not scattered or lost or forgotten over the past, you know, 40 or 50 years. So that's, that's another example of blockchain. That's coming. And there's a bunch of companies that are working on it, which is really cool. Yeah, one other example. So uh, there's a huge thing called remittances, sending money back home. So let's say I emigrated to the US from Pakistan. And I still have my family back there. And I'm working here. And, you know, I send money back home to my mom and my grandmother and all that. Right now, what I have to do is I have to go get my check, cash it, go down to Western Union, which may take a bus ride or whatever, sit there, fill out an application, give them the money, then they send it over and they take, you know, pretty big fees out of it, sometimes 10% or more. Um, You know, my mom in Pakistan has to go get a bus, go to this Western Union Station there, sit there, you know, pay another fee, get the money, and then maybe go home and get robbed on the way home and try to use the diminished amount of money now that she's gotten from me, um, you know, her son working in the U.S., and try to spend it. Uh, Instead, what if I was able to just send her Bitcoin or some other token? Um, I send it from my wallet to hers. She gets it in about 10 minutes. You know, over in Pakistan, she doesn't have to go anywhere. Uh, She may be able to cash out into fiat, or she may be able to even use Bitcoin or whatever crypto over there to buy stuff. And it's seamless, and the fees may be minuscule. Maybe they're 0.1%, or maybe even less. So that's another promise of uh, crypto that they're working on is making
1: remittances
2: smoother and faster and better.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome. Uh, You know, I talk a little, I think you know, I I wrote a book as well, and I I talk a little bit about that. I have a, a house cleaner from Brazil and a uh, very similar story what you talked you know with the, with the moneygram type thing where she's she's working here uh and you know she's got family there and she, she you know takes a certain percentage of her income and sends it over there and, and she was using moneygram and uh and it's like you said it's expensive it's time consuming and there's there's a lot of room for error uh when i showed her how she could just go from one wallet to another with no fees and it's almost instant it really kind of kind of blew her mind um yep. so, so uh uh, so, by the way, again, so many things. Again, we're on with, with Richard, Richard Jacobs. Uh, he's the author of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain: Surprising Insights from Two and a Plus Podcast Interviews of Industry Insiders. Um, I, I was originally on his podcast, uh, which is called the Future Tech Podcast. He's the founder uh, of an expo called the Future Tech Expo. It's one of the largest in the world. People from all over the world uh, come to this. It's coming up this September, 14th through 16th. If you want some more information about this world. If you want to learn about it, if you're in it, if you want to meet industry leaders, if you want to network, this is the place to be. Uh, go to the thefuturetechexpo.com. Uh, I'm definitely going to be there September 14th through the 16th. Also, you, again, you can find his book on Amazon, uh, Kindle, Audible, for those of you that like to listen to, to, to books as well. Um, so many great uh, things in your book. And I know probably you were like me where you just had to stop at some point because it's just there's so much more information that keeps coming out. Tell me a little bit about um, uh, tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about this, this, this concept of uh, digit- digitization of assets and what that means, uh, and maybe also kind of tying in uh, the smart contract aspect of it. What, uh, tell us a little bit about that concept and, and how the blockchain is 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 uh, changing things.
2: So, um, you know, some people own gold, they may own physical gold, they may own gold options or gold stocks, et cetera, but uh, there's a bunch of physical gold sitting around there. Um, in order for it to have value, in order for you to trade it with someone, they'd have to come inventory it, make sure it's physically there, et cetera. You know, why not digitize the gold you have? Um, use a ledger that's unchangeable and do the initial work to verify you have X amount of gold. Record that on a blockchain. And now I have a digitized version of the gold I own. You know, I have one gold bar that's worth uh, $20,000. But now there's a blockchain that says I have one gold bar worth $20,000. Let's say I want to sell that gold to somebody or pledge it for a loan or something. Um, instead of me going to have to go get the physical gold, transport it to the other person and give it to them for a period of time, all I would have to do is is update the blockchain and the ledger and send that digitized version of the gold to them. And now the ledger would say that they have the gold because I've used it to pay them for something or I've transferred it to them or I've pledged it to them. Maybe the, you know a bank temporarily has... "Quote unquote custody of it. Uh, they have access to that uh, digitized version of the gold. It's just as good as a proxy for the actual gold itself. But now there's a way for me to, again to transfer that value, and to make sure that um, it's not corrupted using a blockchain. So that's one small example of how an asset could be digitized. Uh, let's take uh, houses. So right now you have uh, you know documents that show you own a house. They're recorded at like your you know recorder recorder's office in your state." Uh, they're in their database, which is not a, uh, it's, it its is semi-public, but not completely public. Uh, it's not distributed. Again, it's not encrypted. It's hackable, et cetera. You know, what if we were able to put real estate for all the U.S. on a blockchain? Uh, then we would know that so-and-so owns a house and the government can't just come in and say, sorry, you don't own the house anymore, because the blockchain shows they do own the house. Um, it would be a much easier way for people to verify that they actually own something to be able to control it, to be able to pledge it, to be able to sell it, to gain value from it, et cetera. So that's what digitization of assets means. If we're going to allow our money to be digitized and on ledgers, why can't we allow our physical items, our houses, our cars, et cetera, to be on a ledger and to have the same benefit?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's an awesome concept. By the way, I think you did a great job of explaining it. Uh, uh, so, uh, And then the other part that I start, I start to think about when I was you know, kind of trying to tie in the – Smart contract aspect of it is also the fractionalization side of it as well, right so if you you talked about in your book you know for instance if you had a you know, i think you said Picasso or uh, you talked about art you know if you if you had artwork that's worth x amount of dollars and maybe you know you want to digitize that so that everyone knows it's yours um there are there are ways to essentially borrow against that now, right I mean, if you have a twenty million dollar Picasso you know uh it's difficult sometimes to 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 borrow against it right but with if you can use the blockchain technology and fractionalize it it's a it's a great way i mean that's going to happen as well uh in the in the real estate world in fact you probably i mean you probably i don't even i know that there are coins out there that are trying to do that right now right that are trying to do that Mm -hmm. within the real estate world yeah Yeah, i'm trying yeah there's there's a
2: number of ones that are that are trying to do that i mean it's uh it's super super ambitious, but uh factum is one company that, that's working with mortgage companies to take all their mortgage documents, you know, which was very controversial uh back in 08, 09 with the real estate collapse, and they want to put all their mortgage documents onto a blockchain. So the mortgage companies can't say, Well, we lost the note, or if Bank of America sold a mortgage to Chase or to someone else, that's that's memorialized on a blockchain that can't be hidden. You know, you want to know, okay. This bank, how many mortgages do they have that are uh, in default? Well, you could just see it instead of them trying to hide it on their book. And you'd, you'd have a lot more transparency about what's going on and who owns what and who controls what. So yeah, it's a huge project, but that's being worked on.
1: So I want—I know we don't have a lot of time left, uh, but I wanted to, to bring it into to right now uh, what's going on uh, in, you know, let's see, we're in April now, April 2018. Um, the the world of cryptocurrency has been just getting hammered with all this negativity. and. Bitcoin has just uh, has lost you know over fifty percent of its value since uh, late two thousand and seventeen um, Talk a little bit about that, but I wanted to ask you you know so right now you you have big institutional banks that are that are doing everything they can to hold on to their market share into their own technology and to their customers by doing things like blocking cryptocurrency uh purchases you got Bank of America you got Wells Fargo you got chase you got capital One um not allowing people to buy cryptocurrency like- i don't know if you have the answer right now but but how are people buying cryptocurrency right now because I could tell you as someone who has a mind and someone who has traded literally hundreds of thousands of dollars uh <laughs> in cryptocurrencies, I'm having a tough time trying to figure out how people can buy stuff right now. I have money already sitting there, but I don't know how other people are buying. What are people doing literally right now? How are you buying cryptocurrency right now?
2: You can still buy it through your banks. Um, they just don't want to use you to use a credit card. You can use a debit card.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bank of America is straight up blocking it. Uh, I know Wells Fargo is straight up blocking it, even debit cards. It's crazy.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I yeah, guess I, uh, yeah. I found a hole. Um, well, some ways to get it is uh, you can go to an exchange and convert it and buy it that way. You can, you know, send your money to, uh, let's say, you know, Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if Bittrex is set up yet to take U.S. dollars. Um, where is there? Kraken. Uh, I know yep. it took U.S. dollars, Poloniex, et cetera. So there's a number of places you can send cash to and then buy crypto that way. You know, Coinbase. If you can get your cash there, you can do that. There's local bitcoins where you can trade with people directly. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of outlets still to get it. It's not just because uh, you know you can't use your your debit card or your credit card to do it. Uh, it's still available in a lot of places. You know these banks at the same time they're saying no no to bitcoin and no to the cryptos that they can't control. They're very quickly adopting the ones that they can control. You know Hyperledger initiative. Uh, they want to have these either public or private permission blockchains where they can uh, just convert their holdings to to using these blockchains that they can control and use the parts of the technology they like and throw away the parts they don't like. So that's why, that's part of the reason is they're trying to, they're they're very busy, believe me, adopting blockchain. You may not see it, but at the same time, they're trying to say that, uh, you know, Bitcoin and these other traditional cryptocurrencies they can't control are bad. So that's that's what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, I mean Bank of America has the most patents of any of any entity in the world in the world of in the world of blockchain. So they they obviously they obviously see it. Uh, tell us before oh, I let yes. you go one concept that's towards the end of your book that I found really interested uh, interesting uh, and I'll tell you why because my core business we process, you know, millions of transactions and millions of dollars on an annual basis with it with credit cards and uh, it's kind of how I fell into this whole world of cryptocurrency. I found it really, really interesting uh, from a chargeback perspective, which you talk about in the book, uh, from a more mm. symbiotic relationship with my customers as well, because there, have been, there are thousands of instances throughout the years where a customer, my own customers didn't charge anything back, but the bank encouraged them to, which the customer has no idea that what, what kind of havoc that can re, re, uh, you know, wreak on, on a business like mine. Um, but we, a lot of our transactions are done over the phone. Right in my business, we do we we take phone calls and we do a lot of stuff in what they call a card not present environment. And I got really right. excited about the world of cryptocurrency because now I have options and 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 I can help you know maybe kind of convert some of my customers into this cryptocurrency world. But for me, one of the challenges was and I've and I'm actually working with some other companies like Response Network. But what I found interest uh, what I found interesting and we talked about in your book and I was and I had been using a different term. But there's a term called aliasing you talk about in your book. Tell us, uh, I, I think this is probably more from me. I want you to elaborate a little bit about uh, what is aliasing and and why is that kind of cool? Because guys like me, I think that that solves a big problem that I have uh, because of this big, long code, uh, you know, the public key that people need to give out. It's almost impossible to memorize. And then even then you don't want to walk around with it, uh, you know, in your wallet or what have you. What What is aliasing? Well, it's just,
2: okay, so... Right. If I want to send Bitcoin to someone, first of all, I have to get their public key and put it in, and then I gotta check it really carefully because the the keys look they're 32-bit hexadecimal numbers, so you'll it'll look like one capital E X P capital F two five capital. You know, it's crazy. So you gotta you need to know the uh, the public key of who you're sending to first of all, paste that in, and then look at it five or six times to make sure it's all exact. Because if you're off by a capitalization or a number. Or, your money can go into space and never come back again. There's no refunds here. Then uh, you need to paste in, oftentimes, your private key in order to access your wallet so you can send the money to someone else. The same thing. You know, you don't even want to, you know, if you have it on your computer, that could be hacked. Uh, if you have it written down, down on paper, you got to go get it. If you want to memorize it, fine. Not so easy to do. Um, you know, but you don't want to expose your private keys at all if possible. You got to remember that thing and put it in, make sure it's done right. Make sure there's no, like, copy-paste virus in your computer that can screw up uh, one of the keys and steal your money because that's happened. So aliasing means um, I can associate, let's say, my email address with a public key. So if I want to send money to you, um, I can either send it to this crazy hexadecimal address or I could send it to, you know, mike545 at gmail.com. And that I can put in my address book and I can remember, oh, no problem. I just put mike I know it's right, and it uh, out it goes. So that's what aliasing is—just making it a lot simpler uh, for you know to, to take these crazy hexadecimal numbers and make them into uh, words or phrases that people can readily remember and send to.
1: Yeah, I loved it when I saw that because uh, I've been referring to it as a short code, you know, kind of like uh, you know like we have uh, with uh, with URLs. Uh, lastly, before I let you go, you talk a lot about uh, um, again we we're, we're on with Richard Jacobs. He is uh, the author of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain surprising insights from 200-plus podcast interviews of industry uh, insiders. Uh, I originally uh, learned about Richard uh, from his uh, podcast, The Future Tech Podcast, which I was on a while ago. Um, if you want more information about Richard and his book, uh, you can just find his book on Amazon. It's uh, it's available on Kindle. It's available on Audible. His conference uh, is called The Future Tech Expo. It's one of the largest in the world. Some of the the leading experts from all over the world uh, come come to the this, this expo. it's going to be in Dallas September 14th uh, through the 16th of 2018 you can go to futuretechexpo.com before I let you go uh rich I know we're talking about rich or richie we'll call you rich um, you talk I I'm a, I subscribe to your uh, newsletter as well uh, I think that's called future tech daily right uh, newsletter right um, uh, and you talk and, and it's great because you give you know great information about you know all different things uh, in within this world, and you stay up to date which is really really important um, uh, a lot of people don't like to speculate, but I think the one you even sent out today you're talking about uh ripple um, but tell us mm. tell us uh, if you give us uh, my viewers and listeners wh- what cryptocurrency right now and as we sit here today in April of 2018 is there a cryptocurrency that you like uh and and if there is one, why and why should people be interested and take a look at it?
2: I like the basic. Um, I like Bitcoin. I even like Bitcoin Cash. Um, I like Dash. I like Ripple. I like Ethereum for sure. I like the ones that have platforms that have been around for a while, that have an infrastructure, that have a reason for being. They're not just a me too type of thing. Um, those are the ones I like all for various reasons. You know, Dash, uh, I like them because they're they're just relentless marketers and they have a very solid community and a great way of doing things, and I think they're going to do really, really well. They're working in the cannabis industry to help, you know, uh, medical marijuana providers. I think they're going to do very well, you know, over the long term. Bitcoin, you know, the Lightning Network sounds like it's coming, which will allow Bitcoin to scale very quickly. I think it'll do very well. You know, Bitcoin Cash. I know a lot of people. It's very controversial, and they hate it, but they're not going away, and they're going to keep uh, attacking the Bitcoin crown and trying to steal it and they're getting more and more infrastructure and power behind Bitcoin cash. And they're going to, they're really making a run for that crown, like I said. So love them or hate them. I don't think they're going away. And I think they're going to perform very well over time and survive. Ethereum, as we talked about smart contracts, that's a whole super valuable ec- eco- ecosystem. Um, so those are the uh, cryptos I like. Ripple, Ripple—you know, a lot of people don't like it, but hey, they're working with banks to help solve their back-end processing, their currency risk, et cetera. There's, hundreds of billions of dollars of savings at stake and when you're dealing with players like that that control the world's money and you're helping them uh you're probably going to do well too so those are the cryptos i like and i think will do well for those reasons and more
1: i love it i love it uh richard again uh, rich thanks thanks so much for spending the time i really really appreciate it again folks if you've been listening or you're watching right now again and you want more information about richard you can find his book Bitcoin, Ethereum, and blockchain, right on Amazon, Kindle, or Audible. If you want more information about Richard himself as well, you can just go to uh, thefuturetechexpo.com. It's gonna it's gonna bring you again t- to this website where where it, you know there's a lot of information about the world of cryptocurrency, not just Bitcoin, not just Ethereum, but the the world's leading experts are going to be here. And if you want to be in this space, whether you wanna whether you're a passive investor, whether you're an entrepreneur like myself and Richard. Uh, Whether you're just interested in the future and where we're at today, uh, you need to participate in things like this. I found throughout the years that when I go to events like the Future Tech Expo, I meet people smarter than me. Uh, I network with people that that are doing stuff that might be innovative, that I might be interested in. It really just gets your mind... You know, working. So uh, it's really, really important. I talk a lot about this in some of my other publications. That you know, get around people that are that are in the world uh, of cryptocurrency, that are in this cutting edge world. It is changing the world. And Richard and I, you know, are talking about this, obviously throughout this podcast. So again, if you want some more information, you just go to the dot com. Again, pick up his book. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and blockchain. Again, my name is Michael Alden. I hope this has been an informative podcast for you. If you, if you felt as though that it did add value to you know your day or, or to your to your knowledge within the world of cryptocurrency, you know please share it, rate it. If we want to give it a good rating. Uh, you know go to go go to uh, iTunes and give it a good rating. I would really really appreciate it. Again, my name is Michael Alden, and we'll see you soon. Coming to
0: Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018. The Blockchain and Future FutureTech Expo. This is gonna be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're gonna be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're gonna be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, that started in 2012. Early adopters act now, they don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter, and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity, Will play a pivotal role in our lives as well, and that's why our next event, September fourteenth to the sixteenth at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only five thousand plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter? Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's Blockchain Future Tech. Expo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to almost here around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality and more.